Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Journey Through Sonship podcast. I am Calvin Calhoun, and today we want to talk about desiring less than what God has for you. This month, March 2023, our focus moments, which is a daily devotional, it's focused on dating and marriage, so I urge you, and I'll put the link in the bottom, um, for you to go check that out. It's updated uh, roughly every week, every, every week or so, and so as the Lord just gives me a word, I'm actually sharing my own personal testimony on there right now. Uh, I hope that it brings you uh, wisdom. I hope it brings you understanding and clarity and a heart to seek God while you're in the dating phase of your life. And so when we talk about desiring less than what God has for you, many of us, the majority of us, especially men, and I can speak for men because I am a man, but also I know for women are asked the question, what do you see as a ideal male, ideal man or ideal woman and we rat off this laundry list of things that um that we desire this laundry list this checklist this checklist of what we believe we want in a mate and what we end up happening is this laundry list is something that we have conceived from our mind and boy let me tell you what happens when the laundry list is conceived from a place of trauma from a place of trauma. What happens is if we if we've been traumatized, so we're gonna say, okay, I'm gonna make sure this person don't do this, 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 this. And so then when we go out dating, we have a carnal understanding. We have a carnal checklist of what we desire. But let me say to you, what you can conceive in your mind and what you desire will always leave you short than what God has for you. It will. Absolutely will. And let me tell you why. Because the carnal mind cannot think or does not know the things of God. Okay? When we think about dating, rarely do we think about the rarely do we think about our future, our purpose, and our destiny. We really think about it. We think about really how we feel right now and and what we're going through and all of that. And let me tell you something. A lot of times when we think from that perspective, we bring people into our hurt. We bring in the people into our traumatic lifestyle, which which for us is normalized. It's normalized. So we've normalized trauma, which is wrong in itself because we need to be delivered from that hurt because the enemy will use that throughout the, throughout all the days of our lives to keep us from what God has for us and what God has desired for us and who God created us to be. So when you rattle off that laundry list of things and you get out there in the dating circuit, that's where you start experiencing the trauma, the hurt. And what ends up doing, we get to that old adage, hurt people, hurt people. And so this is why it is so important that we really truly seek and ask God to give us who he has for us, okay? That requires a lot of discernment. But know what else it requires? It requires focus. And and the reality is you don't need to really be focused on that. If you focus on your relationship with God and you focus on maturing as a son of God, at the appointed time, God will say, I see that this person or this man needs a help me. That is what Genesis 1 was all about. I see the man should not be alone. 
I will create women. Allow God to mold you, to make you, and, and prepare you for your destiny, your purpose, okay? I didn't say prepare you for marriage. Part of that is the preparation for marriage, but you need to be focused on your relationship with God also that you'll begin to walk in your purpose. So at the appointed time, God will bring you, woman, to him, man, okay? That's what it says. And then the man must be awakened, he must be awakened by the spirit to her being the one, okay? And we act like that can't happen. <laughs> it happened with me. I can promise you that. It happened with me. And let me share this really um, short testimony. 2000 and, oh, no, 1997. 1997, thank you, Lord. 1997, I met Bianca at a summer camp. Um, New Zion Primitive Baptist Church. Camp can do, praise God. And I began talking to her and everything. Now I'm eight, yeah, 18, and she's 15, okay? And I'm talking to her and everything. The more I talk to her, like the excitement, the, the fire, um, it was just something that was captivating me about her. Now you may say, she's 15, okay? Let's hold on. And so then, of course, we share... Uh, that first kiss, and I remember that kiss to this day. I remember that kiss to this day. And that was nearly what? 20, almost almost 20 years ago. Almost 20 years ago. And so, um, yeah, it was 20 plus years ago. So then, <laughs> and so then, um, things did not work out. And we went, we were separated. And then for 10 years, I dated people. And I had my checklist of what I believe I wanted in a wife. Listen to what I said. I said specifically, I did not say what I wanted in a girlfriend. I said what I wanted in a wife. When I dated, I wanted to date with the purpose of finding a wife. Because the Bible says, he who finds a wife finds a good thing. That was my understanding at that time of that scripture. Okay, So I'm looking for a wife thing is, I'm looking at her or I'm looking for her from a carnal perspective. I'm looking at her from, and I can say a carnal perspective now because at the time I thought I was looking from an eternal perspective, but I was wrong. It was, I was wrong in my interpretation and understanding of how this whole process works. So, um, I would search and I would have this checklist of things I believe I would want, um, the, uh, woman to have to be my wife. And you know what I did? I dated, I dated, I can say it right on my, I dated four particular young ladies, okay? And what ended up happening was I was uh, looking from a place of immaturity. I was looking from a place of immaturity, but also I began looking from a place of hurt as I went from one situation to another situation. There was some that I even hurt, okay? And what happens is that serves nobody. It hurts each and every one of us. And it makes it so much harder to really receive and see the person that God has for us. We realistically, we need to get healed before we can really, really be with the person that God has for us. Because God never intends for you to use that person as a crutch, as a crutch to heal yourself. Because that person cannot carry that burden. 
That burden was not given to for them to carry. And what that does, that simply builds up resentment. But let's go back because <laughs> we're going really deep and begin to go into marriage there. But um, the dating scene becomes hap emotionally haphazard. Okay. And it got to a point where after the last young lady, I thought that I was inadequate. I thought that nobody wanted me. I thought, you know, God, look what I've done. I've done this. I've done that. I've done this. I've done that. I don't disrespect women. I don't listen to disrespectful music. I don't call them H's and B's. I don't do this. You know, I've graduated. I've done, um, I'm a pharmacist. I'm doing all these things in the natural, in the natural. And believe that I was entitled, I should have a wife now because I've done all these things. The problem was I was still immature in the scriptures. Even though I've been baptized, I was baptized at the age of 12. We're approaching now, what, 28 years old, 28 years old. And I began, I'm telling you, I weeped so bad because I was broken. I was broken. But what had happened was I had exhausted all of my efforts. Oh, please hear me. I exhausted all of my efforts looking for a wife. And what ends up happening is you become frustrated and sad. And the enemy tried to play off that to make me think that I was inadequate. And I began to believe the enemy. And my mom came over to the house. I'll never forget it. And she prayed for me. Thank you, mom, for that. I really, you do not know how much that meant in that time in my life. And I know my brothers prayed for me also through the situation. And um, after my mother left that day, because I'm in the same house, I remember the exact same place where I prayed. I remember hearing God say, when I was standing in that spot, he said, are you ready to do it my way? Are you ready to do it my way? Because I was done. I was done. I was I was through. And he, I said, yes, Lord. And he sat me down. And we begin to work on our relationship, the relationship I was to have with him. There were things spiritually that I was very immature in and that I had to grow up. I had to. And when, um, praise God, let me tell you something. I wasn't even looking. Trust me, I wasn't looking. I was just like Adam, busy learning and having that relationship with God. And guess what God did? He brought her to me. Through my brother. I got to give my brother credit. The car, I give you credit, brother. <laughs> but uh, those who know the story know that. Uh, but um, God brought her to me. And at first, the reality is she didn't want me. I didn't want her. I remember her when she was 15. And I was like, oh, okay, I remember, whatever. But I kept focused. But one thing that captivated me when I met her and we actually talked on the phone was her level of spiritual maturity. Where she talked about, why do you do this? Why do you do that? And, and here's the thing. A woman will truly help you grow. A spiritual woman, a woman who chases after God's own heart, is a blessing to a man. You'll find favor because I have to say, she helped me get focused on my, even deeper in my relationship with God. Um, God sent her at the perfect time. I didn't, I entered into ministry after I met her. Um, she challenged my way of thinking. She challenged my way of reading scripture. She challenged uh, the things I was listening to as it pertained to music. And you know what? It was all to make me better. 
It was all to make me better and to prepare me. And so God brought her to me. Now we're talking about nine and a half, ten year difference. Guess what? She's of course she's not the same as that fifteen year old young lady that I met back then. No, she's a matured woman. She's a matured woman. God has prepared her, and God had prepared me. And guess what? Thank I praise God for Janice Woodard. God rest her soul. Uh, Joe Woodard. Um, Thank you so much. I have to say that because Janice, um, after we, we, me and Bianca met, uh, we talked for about three months. We started dating July 1st, 2007. And forgive me if I get the date wrong, but I believe it was July 9th or July 10th that Janice passed away. Um, a plane uh, uh, fell out the sky and hit her house, killed her and her son. Uh, she was a family law student. You can probably look it up. Uh, Janice K. Woodard. And but I but Bianca told me that uh, she was questioning whether she should take me back. And Janice shared with her says, "Hey, girl, is he this, 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 this?" <laughs> she said, "Give that man a chance. He's grown up." <laughs> and I thank Janice for that for that wisdom. I I really do, and I'm eternally grateful to her. And I know that she's looking down from heaven, and we truly do. Uh, we still miss her. I did not get a chance to formally meet her, uh, but I know she's a blessing. I know she was a blessing, and so I'm just eternally grateful to what what role God had her play in me and Bianca coming together. Well, guess what? We started dating July 1, uh, 2007, and we were engaged August 31st, 2007. Yep, a month later. God had told me she's the one. She's the one. She is the one. And it's amazing because the conversations we had was not about uh, idealism as related to checking off boxes. It was about growing in Christ. It was about our faith. A lot of our conversations was about growing in faith. But see, that is what God desires to do. That's what God desires to do. And I share that testimony with you because a lot of times we think it takes five, six, seven years to know someone's the right one. No, but if you're in the wrong place, if you're still immature, God wants you to be more complete when you come to that, when you get to the point where you're ready to get married. He don't need you to be immature and still selfish and dealing with things of your past. No, he needs you to get healed. And Bianca is someone that I could have never dreamed of. Any boxes I could check off, she would have, she exceeded them. She exceeded every last one of them in everything. So what, who God had for me was 10 times better than what I could ever think of myself. And let me tell you something. Hey, if you're patient enough, you will, you, God will bring you together. But one thing God wants to do is he needs to help you get healed. He needs to help you realize what your purpose and destiny is as individuals. So that when he brings you together, guess what? You're not leeching off one another, but your oneness works together to manifest a greater glory of God. See, that's what we should want. But if we think of dating from the calm perspective and what we desire and what we think is the ideal woman or the ideal man, guess what? We're going to end up and we'll let me tell you something. 
God will give you all the warning signs that that person is not the one. Let me say this one more time. I'm telling you, God will send everything to let you know that you're not the one. But you still have a choice because God didn't make you no robot. You have a choice whether you want to accept what you want or do it God's way and, and accept who he has for you. That's your choice. That's why we have to get alone and get healed and understand our maturity and who we are as sons of God. And when the word does its work in us, I say it's the fivefold ministry of the word. It's quick. It's life-giving. It's powerful. It enables us. It's sharper than any two-edged sword, dividing soul from spirit. Why do you divide soul from spirit? You divide your will from God's will. And then it says, it discerns the thoughts and intents of the heart. That means when people come to you, especially when the enemy sends people your way, if you're patient and you're discerning, you will know whether that person is for you or against you. You'll know whether that person is a seasonal person that God has sent to help you in a particular phase in your life versus the lifetime person that God has created and made for you for, for lifetime commitment. But we're not patient. We're in an instant gratification uh, generation. Um, we're in a, I want my feelings met now. I want my needs met now. And we'll always end up with less than what God has for us. I'm going to promise you, and the person who God has for you, woo, will blow your mind. It's amazing, too, when you think about the, the marriage vows that people take. We stand before God and they have holy matrimony and all this stuff. Really need to go back and look at those vows. But if we address these issues in the dating phase, when we take those vows, those vows mean a lot more. And they take on a very serious nature because we understand when we make a vow, we're keeping our word. But in this atmosphere, in this dating, in this uh, marriage that has been portrayed by the world and been portrayed by social media and the entertainment industry you can see marriages just getting sliced up and it's easy for the enemy it's very easy because people never ever took the time to get processed to get healed to get delivered to mature because marriage is not for the immature let me say this again marriage is not for the immature because when you if you enter into a marriage with a lot of spiritual immaturity trust me turmoil will exist because you still haven't got to some of the basic things about love which is what is self-sacrificing that's the first part it's not prideful it's not envious it doesn't exhaust itself. Those types of things. No, those things are ready and evident in a person who's very immature. That's why we have to be transformed daily by the renewing of our mind. Because when we come into the stat to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, when we grow into our sonship, where Christ is being formed in us, the one of the first things we learn is self-sacrifice. We learn that love is giving. Love is compassionate. Love has correction with it. We learn that the man should what? Be willing to lay down his life for his wife. Yeah, those are serious, serious things about love. But in the dating phase, 
when we address it from our carnal perspective, we will always address it less than what God has for us, and we'll always address it from a uh, from not just from a carnal perspective, a fleshly perspective, a lustful perspective. And the enemy loves playing in that that phase of our lives because when he can manipulate us from the lustful phase, you can never enter into the promises and the things of God because you're seeking what the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the what the pride of life. So I urge you this day. If you're in the dating phase and you're just not sure and everything, take a step back and say, Lord, I want who you have for me. And in this time frame, I'm going to make sure I separate myself and focus on my relationship with you. And at your appointed time, at your appointed time, not my biological clock, not what I think I need to be having children by this age. No, by what? By your time. Bring me who you have for me. And I can promise you that person will exceed anything that you could think of. Because guess what? When they're brought to you, God has an eternal purpose in mind when he brings two people together. Not just for emotions and feelings. May God bless you till we meet again on the Journey Through Sonship podcast. God bless you.